0: Hey everybody, this is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and with me is Thane. Hello. And we're going to talk today about sources of inspiration. One of the things that Dungeon Masters deal with periodically is running out of ideas or running out of that creative spark. And so what I wanted to do is go through some of the things that work for me and things, places I turn to in order to get new ideas or just kind of be energized by the ideas of others. And so Thane's going to run through a list of things, give his own thoughts, mm-hmm. and then uh, for the most part I'll be sharing with you what works for me, things I like to turn to for that extra oomph. So Thane, what, what's first on the list?
1: Uh, so one one source of inspiration could be reading, such as just books or articles or other media, fiction and stuff like that, all sorts of different genres and stuff to draw on to... Put into Dungeons and Dragons games. I, um, I myself usually just peruse through the Dungeons and Dragons uh, Fifth Edition Monster Manual, and that tends to give me some ideas for, if not adventures, just small things to do with my players. Okay. Uh, Dad.
0: And those are your, uh, your the game you're running at school, right? Yes. Yeah. So during lunchtime, <laughs> Thane is running a school uh, a game with his friends, and you're having a lot of fun doing that, right? All right. Uh, So for me, I have reading in quotes in my notes there. And I say that in quotes because reading is so much more than just plunking down with a book and opening it and turning pages. I see reading as really consuming information. Yeah. And so the idea of reading being listening to audiobooks, getting ideas from songs you like to listen to, uh, maybe. Reading can also be things like watching TV shows or uh, movies or things like that. So really, when, when I say reading, I mean more just consuming information. And really, you watch some of these shows, and they don't have to be fantasy shows. They, they can just be any old show, but the plot can still be adapted for a DD and game. So the idea of getting out there and reading really anything any information source is fair game for working into a game. And it's amazing where inspiration can come from when you start doing that. I'm glad you mentioned reading different genres, different types of books. And I I have in my notes reading broadly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I like to read books about language, books about history, biography, cooking, and language. Yes, I said language twice because I like language a lot. But, you know, you start to inject yourself into the game. You'll notice that when you're a DM, you start putting in bits and pieces of things that you have learned. Uh, and that helps to enrich the world that the characters are moving around in. So I encourage you, if you don't already, get, get into books or other things. Be, when, you, when you watch a TV show and you're a DM, think about what can I do to work this into a game, if, especially if you really like what's going on in the show. If you like the political intrigue or the spy, the thriller action sequence or whatever see what you can do to find a way to get that into your game. If it, in, if you enjoy it, your players most likely will too. Mm-hmm. So just adapt and get it in there. And something else I think you'll notice, what, what I think makes D&D so unique is that it's it's a game that doesn't just, you don't just sit there and play it. Mm-hmm. it it's an active game. It, it engages the mind in a way that few other games do. Obviously chess and other games that require a lot of forethought to, to plan out moves and, and that kind of thing. Obviously there's intelligence at work there, but D&D really, it, its a it draws on broad aspects of what you know, mm-hmm. and that can be flavored by the things that you read. So get out there and read. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're running a game and you keep a pad of paper next to you behind the DM screen, if you run across a point of trivia or something that you don't know, write it down. Look it up later. You can look up all sorts of things. What kinds of jobs were frequently found in medieval cities? Mm. Uh, how far can a warhorse travel in a single day with a fully armed person on its back you know if you don't know the answer to this off the bat no big deal make it up wing it and then uh, when the game is over because you've taken it as a note you can go back and research and the next time you play you've got that answer worked into your game Um, that's one of the things i like about DD is it can be a mental stimulant you you can really grow as a person in your knowledge if you if you really you can go as deep as you want to go uh, and and if you read in a targeted way to pull these facts into your game, you're going to grow as a person. When I say reading, I just mean getting information and then finding ways to use it to bring the world to life, to make it more fun for your characters who are playing. You got anything else to add to that?
1: Uh, not really. Um, next on our list, we have play, as in getting out of the DM seat for. You know, once every now and again, and just being a player in a game, which... Why would it, that be
0: useful for you?
1: Well, to see how other DMs do it to kind of pick up, you know, ideas for what to do in your own games. It helps you see the world from a completely different perspective as a resident instead of the... Overlord. or Overlord <laughs> God, in quotes. Um you know uh be, being a player helps helps you also see how you should scale you know different challenges, puzzles and encounters and stuff because you get to see what a character of your level can really handle
0: sitting behind a dm screen gives you a different perspective on a game mm-hmm. and it's easy especially if you don't play very often as a as a player uh it can be Difficult for you to remember, oh, yeah, I hated it when that happened to me as a character. Yeah. So, you know, get in there. Uh, if, if you have the capability to play as a player in another game, jump on it. Take Take advantage of that possibility. Because not only will you be reminded of some of the stuff that players have to deal with, but you can also... Uh, benefit from seeing how other DMs handle certain situations. Yeah, uh, you know, does does this guy really run combat tightly? It, does it flow better than you've ever made it flow? What then? You can start to engage your mind in that way. What does he do differently from me? How how does he handle initiative? Yeah, uh, you know, dice rolls. Does he pre-roll some things so that it smooths out that h- however it goes do your best to incisively look at how someone else does something that you particularly like. On the other hand, DMs may do something you don't like. You may completely disagree with how they do it, and you're learning from that too. Mm -hmm. So you could very well learn either way, if it's a good experience or a bad experience, or a mixed bag, just take notes as you play and use that to work into your bag of tricks as a DM in your own game. So I, I think playing is an important aspect of Being a DM. Anything else?
1: Um, No, not really. So, uh, the next thing on our list is podcasts. (laughs) There's um, a lot out there. I've only ever listened uh, to one, really. That's Snake Attack, and that's really where uh, Dad and I got the inspiration to really start up our own podcast uh, just because we got to see all the uh, See, hear all the fun that they had and just thought, let's do that. Yeah, we want to have fun too. <laughs> there's no other way. Uh, yeah,
0: and so the the podcasts that I have listed, there, there are certainly hundreds of them out there. Actual play, talking about games, talking about game design, talking about how to be a DM, and there's all sorts of possibilities out there. You just have to find the ones that interest you. And over time, if, especially if you're serious about becoming a good DM, you'll find the ones that that speak to you. And the ones that I listed for myself are, number one, Dragon Talk. It's the official D&D podcast, and they they release on a one- to two-week schedule. Sometimes it's a two-week gap, sometimes it's just a one-week gap. However, this is coming right from Wizards of the Coast. It's coming from the crew that works directly with D&D. And I like the banter between the hosts, uh, Greg Tito and Shelley Mazzanova do do a good job of having fun together, and that lightens the mood of it. They usually have a segment called either Sage Advice, where they talk about game mechanics, or uh, Lore You Should Know, where they talk about really weird history of, of places and characters and monsters and things that are scattered throughout the various worlds that they've created. Uh, and so it really enriches your understanding of the, the forgotten realms in particular, since that's where they focus most of their attention, but also not necessarily forgotten realms. Sometimes they go to other planes or worlds or whatever. And, and in talking about it, you begin to see, okay, well, there's more out there. Oh, that's a good idea. I think I'll work that into my campaign. I hadn't thought about it that way. However you want to do it. And especially, like I said, uh, the sage advice can be very useful for better explanation on how to run certain things. There are some rules in the player's handbook and in the DM's guide that don't get a lot of attention or they're perhaps not fully fleshed out or worded in a way that makes sense to you. So by listening to these, you get a usually 15 to 20 minute segment on more detail about how to run this rule better in your campaign or even expanding on it. They uh, they do a good job of covering, from an official standpoint, what goes on in the D&D world. The next one I have is one called the DM's block, Dungeon Master's block. And that is a it, it's been around for years, as far as I know. They, they do a lot of good, thought-stimulating discussion about different rules, different things to put into games um, and over the years they've added new dms to this group so it's not just the same two guys they, they kind of rotate and talk about different aspects of the game and it's a lot of fun to listen to they, they do some good things they bring in guest speakers and so on lots of good stuff so check out the dms block and then the third one i have is sneak attack and really like Thane said that was the impetus for our own desire to get into podcasting we saw how much fun they were having we wanted to do it too and uh, just we're having fun in the process yeah, they're, they're yeah. <laughs> we've had our share of hiccups which we'll address in another special episode yeah. but we're, we're doing it and hopefully it'll be worth something to somebody hopefully what you got
1: um uh, we have videos
0: yeah so with videos uh one of the things i wanted to point out is check out youtube there's all sorts of stuff about role-playing game mechanics and how to be a good dm uh, there there's even one called the dm's craft where this guy dm scotty gets on and he shows how to make actual physical puzzles that you can put into a game mm. where he, he does all sorts of stuff with hot glue guns in fact that's his logo he has a hot glue gun on one side and a, a box knife on the other and th- these are subscription services, so as these people release these videos, you can be notified, hey, there's a new one, there's a new one, there's a new one, and that way you can keep up with new stuff. There's all sorts of creative folks in this in this industry, all sorts of people who are doing neat things with the game, uh, taking it different directions, mm-hmm. giving, giving you new ideas. And so when I feel like I'm running out of steam as a DM, I'll just go watch a DM craft video. There's all sorts of neat stuff out there. So just be sure to check out things like YouTube. Find a good subscription channel that has stuff that shows up periodically, maybe every week or so, and is up to date. Make sure that the person is still active. Certainly there's nothing wrong with archived stuff. If you find somebody who did some really neat stuff five years ago, sure, do it. But it's, it's nice to have new stuff coming in. Yeah. Uh, so check that out.
1: Next we have Twitter.
0: Okay, I know you don't do a whole lot on Twitter because Mom and I have said no. <laughs> but the, the nice thing about Twitter is because uh, I know they've changed it recently, the, the character count has gone up. But because it's generally smaller entries uh, on Twitter, about 140 characters, you can have uh, bite-sized tips on how to how to do stuff in games. And again, mm-hmm. you can follow all sorts of different organizations and people that do D&D related stuff. So Wizards of the Coast, D&D itself, uh, your favorite podcast, they almost inevitably end up on Twitter because they can do really quick updates in a small amount of characters and you get that, hey, here's what's going on with us uh, and then you can go check it out. And then, generally they have a link to more detailed information. So it's just a good way of keeping up with events going on in that person or group's world And just enough to get your attention or remind you, hey, that's right. I wanted to follow what they're doing. So Twitter, I think, is a good way. And and obviously, we have our own Twitter feed that's at Dice. Mm -hmm. And so if you ever want to come check us out and see what we're up to, certainly do come by, drop in and follow us and uh, post something to let us know what you're thinking about. Uh, Are you learning stuff from us? Are you learning what not to do from us? Let us know. We have observation. What do you think about observation? It's
1: kind of, kind of like reading, but just what you see out and about, you know, maybe you're walking along and you see a thing that inspires. A you.
0: wild thing appears. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So what I had in mind with that was keep a little notepad or notebook with you. And uh, so generally speaking, in a and d game, NPCs are nothing more than wallpaper. They're very two-dimensional. They're, they stay in the background. They don't really ever vault to the forefront. Yeah. And I think we do ourselves a disservice as a DM when we try and create a game world and all of our characters are stale and cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. If you start observing how people interact with each other, you're at the grocery store or at school or you're... Whatever at work. Notice how people talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Gather little snippets of conversation, and you'll you'll find that that adds a depth to your world. The characters come strolling into town, and you hear somebody ten feet away whisper to their neighbor, "Oh, here comes trouble again." Mm. You know, it's that kind of interaction that adds a little extra something to your world. Uh, and, and when you see how people interact with each other and react to things that are said you can add more realism to the world that you're creating. So taking notes on, on things that you see can be very useful. May, maybe you want to have an adventure where uh, a wagon driver in the great city uh, has a, a road rage oh. incident. <laughs> you know, oh. Was that a thing in the Middle Ages? Who Hopefully knows? Hopefully not. <laughs> but you know, by tying in stuff that's pertinent to us today, to your game, it, it, it brings in the players and anybody listening to your game a little bit more so yeah just uh, have fun with that observe it's fun to observe i don't mean stalker creepy type that would be weird (laughs) but rather just making mental notes writing them down having fun
1: we have free thinking you know there's nothing wrong with just sitting there and staring at a wall until inspiration comes and hits you upside the head with (laughs) a two by four
0: well with that what i was thinking about was our walks together Before we realized that you were going to be a player, we would take extended walks and just talk about the game world. Yeah. And the thing about this aspect of inspiration is by having somebody to talk with, you both have your own ideas and you're bouncing them off each other. And one of the things that I told Thane in our early walks was don't think that any idea is too out there, just throw it out there and we'll talk about it. And maybe there's a germ of something in there. So not limiting your mind To only the things that seem to make sense sometimes your game needs some nonsense sometimes you need to have something fun and different so just allow your mind to explore these different possibilities and don't limit yourself to things that could be fun for your players Uh, I have some interesting ideas that maybe will work into the stack of dice game series but we'll see Uh, Yeah, just have fun with it. Open up your mind and see what comes out.
1: Lastly on our list, we have talk with your players. You know, there's also nothing wrong with just chatting with, you know, one of the people in your game because that, you know, those, those are your clients. Those are the people who you who you are catering to and so it's important to keep tabs on what they would like to see in your game so you can add that in Uh, for example I was running my game at high school and uh, a new guy came up and he he wanted his character to be searching for a sacred for a holy frying pan that he wanted to call the sacred icon I said yes (laughs) 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 he found it and then he got turned into the frying pan and that, that was all a good laugh for all of us, except for him. But yeah. He's dealing with it. He's dealing with it.
0: Yeah. So really, you know, you'll be amazed at the kinds of things your players come up with. It's a lot of fun to work in the things they want to do. Ask them, you know, Every group that you play with is going to have a different composition. And even the same person on a different day could have a different thing that they're looking for to get out of the game. Uh, Some people just like the combat aspect. Mm -hmm. Some people like the world building aspect. Some people like to solve puzzles. Some people like to explore, you know, by talking to your players, by listening to what they want, you're going to get more ideas of what to put into your game. So be inspired by your players because ultimately you as the DM are trying to make a story that your players find compelling. Otherwise they're not going to continue to play. So by asking them, Hey, are we doing what you want to do? Are we having fun? Is the game going the way that you want it to? And just listen to their response. Don't don't interject, just listen and hear them out. The fun part is by working your players in and giving them a voice, you're really helping to enrich the world and you keep your finger on their pulse and the world will continue to grow and have that feeling of aliveness that you want it to have. So really, that's it. I just wanted to go over these sources of inspiration. There may be others that we've missed, some obvious ones. uh, But generally speaking, these are the things that I do when I'm struggling with ideas, when I'm feeling kind of burnt out as a DM. Mm. Go see what other people are doing. And you're going to find that there's plenty out there. And hey, we want to hear from you. If you're running short on Steam, tell us about it. Hit us up at Twitter at Stack of Dice, and let us know, You know, maybe we can just give you uh, some advice or push you in the right direction to find somebody who can help you. And in the words of National Novel Writing Month, I, I remember seeing this, uh, if all else fails, set something on fire. Put something on fire in your game and uh, see what the characters do with that. We hope this has been useful for you. We'd like to hear from you again, at Stack of Dice on Twitter, and tell us what you have to say. See you soon.